TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. And we are the fan upstate rolling on. Until 7 o'clock p.m. today, thrilled to have you guys with us. Could not do it without you. Joined right now by Heisman Trophy voter Brent Beard, First Coast News in Jacksonville, on Twitter at Brent, B-E-A-I-R-D. Brent, you follow the Alabama program very, very closely. Eli Mm -hmm. Gold, not renewed, steps aside. He's got other jobs immediately. Nick Saban has emphasized he wants to be a voice for change in college football despite retiring from coaching. And I thought these quotes were interesting. He said, um, let's see, you, you, you hear somebody use the word student-athlete today. That actually doesn't exist. I want to see the players have a great quality of life and be able to create value for themselves. But we've gone to nobody talking about education Mm-hmm. Nobody talking about creating value for their future. They're talking only about how much money can I make while I'm in college. He would know that very, very, very well. What kind of role, Brent, do you see Nick Saban being really able to cause positive change? It will be a lot more than what he was going to be doing in game day. That doesn't mean that he can't bring out some important points Um I don't think he would ever want to get a title necessarily, but I do think he values the game. The game means a lot to him, and he's not happy in the direction that it's going. And I think he could lend some some real advice to the powers to be. And I think they, he's earned the right to be heard. And remember, guys, his last year or so – or maybe even more, he was asked a lot of not just football questions, but what would you do for the good of the game and what should we change um, and, and what is going on that you can help us with? So, he look, he was a, big, a bit of a spokesman, I believe, uh, for college football toward the last few years as the a lot of the interviews went from uh, – uh, talking about the team to uh, what what will be good for the game. Um, so, and I don't know if he just wanted to sit on committees necessarily, but I think he could certainly give sage advice. Look, what the thing that you just said, Mark, 
is really what he used in his recruiting pitches, uh, talking about the value of education, about players creating the value for their own future. And now the thing they want to talk about is basically, well, how much NIL money can you get? Uh, and he, he understands that. He understands that's a part of the game. But I, what I don't think he likes is how it's taken the game over virtually. Brent, do you believe that Nick Saban, in a position of power where he can, where he can affect change, would attempt to implement change that would benefit everyone equally? Because you and I both know that change disproportionately benefits the haves. It sure. always has. Sure. So where do you see Nick Saban minutia heading, benefiting the big conferences or benefiting everybody? Well, it's interesting you said that. I did a podcast today, and that was part of the podcast. And the um, the person that I did the podcast with, and Travis Ryer, is a senior analyst for Bama Online. And he even brought up that point. He, he thought Saban would be even more valuable maybe for, the, uh, for everyone, including the non-Power Five, uh, and that he could be a real uh, help for them, in his opinion. So I will say, uh, again, I, I go back to this thing to where he grew up um, and realized, um, I mean, he's told this story many times. He worked at, at his father's gas station. And when he was there, he learned a lot about helping everyone and, and, uh, not, not, and not just wiping windshields and putting in gas and i think he's kind of taken that throughout um now look he's not a miracle worker necessarily but i i really think that he could go and uh and and bring some real value and some real benefit whatever he did with that and not yeah not just the sec and the big 10 even though we're seeing them separate from the rest of of the pack right now Brent Beard, Heisman Trophy voter, First Coast News in Jacksonville, joining us here on Offsides. We are the Fan Upstate. Brent, I'd like to share with you a clip here from uh, Mike Greenberg, ESPN radio uh, host. And Mike, Brent says, uh, I'm going to paraphrase this, but uh, you're going to hear him, you know, really criticize the, the you know, the, the, the coaches for complaining about a lack of continuity when they are also leaving um, I want you to hear the clip, Brent. At the same time, you know, I, I want to share with you my thoughts as soon as this do- is done. So here is Mike Greenberg. When it comes to the coaches who are complaining that they can't keep their rosters together, I don't know that I can put it any more clearly than this. I have zero interest in hearing from them. Let me give you a statistic. In 2018, 21 college football coaches were hired at the Division I level. 21 of them. Do you know how many of those remain today at the school where they were hired? One. Now, some of them were fired, but most of them were not. Most of them moved on to better opportunities because that's what they've been allowed to do forever. So you can miss me with the idea that, oh, these players, they have no loyalty and they're not staying with the programs and all that stuff. Until the day that the coaches honor their contracts, I'm not the least bit interested in hearing about how this is making their lives more complicated. So the words of Mike Greenberg, Brandon, my take is simply this. Uh, I think what has really broken the, the levy here 
is that we have both the players and the coaches now leaving at a moment's yeah. notice. In yeah. my opinion, Brent, it was never right to do what Brian Kelly did to Notre Dame, leave under the cloud of darkness. It was never right to do what Sean Elliott just did to Georgia State, leave three days in. To, why, why did we never have windows of time, like transfer portal windows, where coaches could leave? The fact that they could leave whenever they want should have never been a thing. So where are you on the coaches have no reason to complain because they're the ones leaving as well? Well, I, I, I mean, look, sometimes opportunities come up when you least expect it, and uh, it may be you either go then or you don't get to go at all. I get that. I really do. There's some, there's some certainly some logic to uh, um, the uh, um, having a window of when they can leave. I, I don't think we'd ever have that because they would. They would never allow that, I don't think, but there there would be some value to that. If you add that, maybe what is happening at Georgia State wouldn't be happening um, to them and some other teams. And, by the way, Del McGee, the the Georgia Rainbows coach, looks like he is, he's going to be the head coach at Georgia State. But um, I, I, I don't know if we'll ever – be able to solve this as much money as there is in the lure of the money in the lure of the uh, lily pad hopping uh, going up to the uh, next job I, I but, but i i think we don't see this much anymore that that's why i have so much respect for the guys who have been at a job i mean saban didn't think folks didn't think saban would be in alabama five years he was there 17 I mean, well, we're not, we're not going to have the Tom Osborne at um, in Nebraska for uh, three decades anymore, which is very unfortunate. So I don't know. I, I have mixed emotions about that, frankly. I mean, I, I I wish they didn't leave teams in lurch the way that they did and the way that they do. But I also get the fact that. I mean, for, for whoever's listening right now, if you get your dream job dropped in your lap and you've got to make a move and it's not real, sometimes real good timing, I mean, I can understand that. Um, and I can understand why some of these guys need to do it, but, but do I understand why they don't get a lot of sympathy with the money they make and how, how they come and go as they please? Yeah, I get that without any problem. Brent, I certainly don't want it to come across like, you know, I like reveling in any player's downfall. It's not a healthy lens to look at sports through. But, you know, the truth is, when it comes to the NFL draft, there are only 32 first-round draft picks every year, and not every player coming out of the draft or coming into the draft can be a first-round draft pick. Can you point to a player or two that you believe will fall below where they're projected, significantly below where they're projected? Maybe a guy that got a lot of hype coming out of college that you just don't think will do well in the draft. Um, I had, well, uh, the, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I, I mean, with that, I mean, before the, uh, before the, um, um, uh, 
the before the um, uh, the combines, what I want to say, uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some quarterbacks probably probably would be in that in that point. I mean, I'm just looking at some mock drafts here as far as what uh, as far as what might happen uh, with this. I mean, I I, I, I do a podcast with a. Uh, a Michigan uh, uh, with some Michigan media, and they love JJ McCarthy. But I wonder, guys, and I get your question. I really do. Um, will a guy like that? You know, some people love him. Some people don't uh, at all. Um, and I'm I'm just wondering if um, you know, do you take a chance on him? Knowing that maybe he doesn't have the um, the stance that a Jaden Daniels does from LSU, but yet you know that the guy is a winner. He's won a national championship. He's got a pretty good arm. Uh, he can he can tuck it, run it when he needs to. I, I guess I use a guy like that as an example that um, uh, that in in you know in some eyes. That he could go fairly high, but um, uh, I mean, I still think if he goes, it would be, it, it it may be I don't know toward the end of the first, the uh, uh, middle of the second, something like that. So I'll throw him out as an example of that. Brent Peer joining us here on Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate. Brent is the twelve-team playoff. The straw that finally gets that the, the straw that stirs the drink to get Notre Dame to commit to a conference, considering that they could only they could be, at best be a five seed, never having a bye. Do you think this is what does it? I have heard that more this week than I've ever heard it, and I've talked to many a Notre Dame beat writer and asked them the same question of Will they ever get in a conference? And the answer is no, not as long as they value their independence and as long as they can stay uh, in the way that they are and use it to their advantage. But I think to your point, uh, and if people haven't heard that, that's part of the problem with Notre Dame is because they're not in a conference and because they're not going to win a conference and the value that they put on conference champions that Notre Dame's going to start um, at five, I, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Let's be honest here. I don't know how many Notre Dame teams, if there are any, over the next few years that would be equivalent to to, to the number one seed. So, I, so I'm not sure that it's going to matter that much. But I think we're and 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 I'm hearing more and more of that. I still am going to have to see it to believe it. That they that they actually with the, the all the things could come into play right now, where they actually would benefit more from being in the conference than they would being by themselves. Brent, as as somebody who was a student of a school that was FCS when I was there, I loved the sixteen team playoff. Now, people yeah. who have never experienced a playoff structure like that, Mark Ryan's one of them. Our good friend Josh Pate is one of them. Look at this as doom and gloom, the sky is falling. Oh, my God, it's going to ruin the sport. Um, can you assuage some of those fears just a little bit and maybe counteract some of the arguments 
of this is going to ruin everything. Oh, no, no. I, look, the, the playoff is going to be a scapegoat. Uh, frankly, the playoff, uh, when it actually gets here and we're, and we're moving into the month of November, uh, is going to create more interest and more excitement, I think, than anything that we've seen in quite a while. And I've used this illustration often that right now with the eight with the fourteen playoff, you've got what guys eight to nine teams and fan bases who are on the edge of their seat in November. Now when you've got twelve, you've got twenty to twenty five. How how in the world can that not add value and add interest to uh, uh, college football? Uh, and I'm with Diesel on this. I I, fo- I follow with interest on some of the other divisions and some of the – and how they do it and how that works, and they don't bat an eye. They do it every year, uh, and, and, and frankly, it's tremendous. No, I – look, uh, the, the college football playoff is not going, going going to hurt college football as much as uh, the uh, a transfer portal or, NI, uh, or NIL situation would – uh, no, I don't. I don't buy that at all. I, I, I see more, a lot more positive and negatives of the playoffs. Brent Peer joining us on the show. Brent, who is the next big college football name that's going to say enough of this mess? Pull a Chip Kelly and take a demotion or leave entirely. Or if it would be easier, who are some of the big name candidates that you think might say enough is enough? I think you'd I think you'd have to look at some of the uh, the the older coaches uh, and what that might do. Uh, uh, I think if Chip Kelly had stayed at UCLA, we 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 would probably be saying that might be him. And unfortunately, he's becoming a young man's game in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, would. Uh, would a James Franklin at Penn State um, maybe feel like you know I'm, I'm we've increased this league, we're adding more teams, competition is just ridiculous right now. How much longer could I go with this and be able to do it? I mean, listen, I don't I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but when Kirby Smart and Nick Saban were on the the podium for SEC Network. They were talking about Nick Saban being there 17 years. And Kirby Smart, just out of exasperation, said, uh, there's no way that I'll be coaching for 17 years. So I, I think you're I think you're seeing more and more of that, and I'm hoping that guys like Saban can get this thing back kind of recentered more to where we've got less and less coaches who are leaving because at the point we are now, guys, would I be wrong to say, I think, you know, normally coaches leave in, what, December, January. We've got this thing right now to where I would I would say uh, we're on notice that uh, that any of these coaches could say, and, and you know, Mac Brown comes to mind, uh, also, uh, that even in the middle of of, uh, of the summer, I mean, I mean, guys, it, it, would the day come to where a a a coach in the middle of fall camp 
just comes up and says, "I've had enough, and I'm walking away." It, what, in this in this environment now, is that possible? Very, very possible, my friend. Very, very possible. We will see if that's how it plays out. Brent Beard, great catching up with you. Uh, I will give you a call this weekend, sir. I will see what time's good for you, and let's catch up. Sound good? Wonderful. Love it. All right, buddy. Take care. Have a great one, okay? Take care. Brent Beard, Heisman Trophy voter, First Coast News in Jacksonville. Brent Beard, that's Beard is spelled B-E-A-I-R-D. That's how Beard should always be spelled, my friends. Coming up next... I will give you A through F scenarios for Clemson and South Carolina football 2024. I'm Marquise Diesel. It's Offsides, the fan upstate. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel doing the show live on YouTube right now. If you're not in the stream, then jump on in. Put your waders on. Put your swimmies on. Jump on in. The stream is active. It's live on the Fan Upstate on YouTube. That's the Fan Upstate on YouTube. We're trying to grow this thing, trying to build this thing, and we can do it with you if you will just go to the YouTube channel, find us, the Fan Upstate, and hit subscribe. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate. So what about A, B, C, D, and F scenarios for Clemson and South Carolina next year, what would be your A for Clemson? Your B, C, D, F for Clemson. How about South Carolina? My friends, we give you Clemson and South Carolina content in all different, unique ways. How about it, my friends? Here we go. Clemson's A scenario. Making the Final Four. Not just making the CFP, making it down to the Final Four. Which would mean you get a bye and you win a game. You're one of the four highest-ranked conference champions. Or you do not have a bye, and you win a couple games in the college football playoff. Uh, Number two, B. What what would be a B grade for Clemson in 2024 to make the college football playoff? What would be a C grade to win the ACC championship but not make the college football playoff? 
I think that's going to be kind of impossible to do, honestly. You know, to win the ACC but not make the CFP, it'd be one of those where you have a multiple loss or maybe a three-loss champion. A D grade for but Clemson. if you win it, you're automatically in. That's oh my god! Win it, you're automatically. I'm not in. used to this, Diesel. <laughs> I am not used time. to this. We could have a five-loss conference champion potentially. Uh, you're right. There is no winning the ACC and not making it. How about that? D grade would be a top 15 finish, but no ACC championship or college football playoff. And an F would be three or more losses for Clemson this year. So yeah, guys, I'm saying that a nine and three season again for Clemson would be an F. I'm tired of hearing Clemson fans, Diesel, rationalize not being what they were. Well, couldn't couldn't keep that level forever. Why not? Alabama did. Georgia did. You know, Georgia is. Why not? Why couldn't you keep it forever? It's only fair to say if you have raised the bar to a certain point, the fan base does not want to see the bar fall again. It's only fair to say that if your program architecting head coach is not there anymore. But he is there. If Dabo Sweeney had left, then you can say, well, it's real difficult when you change regimes to keep up that level of quality. But you're not changing regimes. Your guy is still there. Your guy that every single one of you put all your faith and trust in, he's still there. Next up, we've got South Carolina. How about this for the Gamecocks? What would be an A grade for the Gamecocks in 2024? How about 9 and 4? Uh, how about a B grade? I'm saying eight and five. So nine and four would be you went eight and four in the regular season and you won a bowl game. That'd be pretty damn impressive. Okay. Uh, Beamer has not yet done that. Number two, B would be eight and five. You went seven and five in the regular season. You won a bowl game. You went eight and four in the regular season. You lost a bowl game. That gets you a B grade. C grade for the Gamecocks this year. I will go. Seven and six. Went six and six, won a bowl game. Went seven and five, lost a bowl game. That is a C. Do we agree with that, my friends? D grade for the Gamecocks this year. I will go six and seven. Uh, Guys, you got to somehow finish with a winning record. Okay, this is year four for Shane Beamer. How much time do you need to produce a winner? And an F grade for me for the Gamecocks would be Five wins or less. A through F grades. I'm giving them to you right now in February. Okay? And these are not going to change, and these are not going to budge for any, any at any time during the offseason and any time during next season. Okay? These are not going to budge. What grade would Clemson have received for last season's performance? A D. What grade would South Carolina have received for last season's performance? Also a D. Last year was not a good year in the Palmetto State for college football. But A, B, C, D, F, I will be unwavering in this mission. I promise you that. Okay? I guarantee you that. Hey, we had the chance to sit down with a Super Bowl quarterback. You know him as Slash. His name is Cordell Stewart, okay? You know him from his play with the Pittsburgh Steelers, played under Bill Cower, and uh, we thought, you know what would be pretty cool? If we were able to share this recent sit-down from this week with you. And we'll do so next. By the way, we got the top five at five at five. We've got Cole Bryson joining us at 520. He, Cole is about to explode 
on the South Carolina High School League. All that's still to come on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. Cordell Stewart, chat next here on The Fan Upstate. Joining us right now on the show, played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Chicago Bears, Baltimore Ravens, was a pro bowler in 2001. My former colleague, Odyssey Station, 92.9 The Game in Atlanta. Cordell Stewart joins us right now on CBS Sports Radio. Good catching up with you, pal. What's good? How are you? Marky Mark, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I heard your analysis on the overtime uh let's just call it miscommunication by, yes. the, <laughs> yeah. by the 49ers. Um, let, let me say this. They had an opportunity to get a touchdown, okay? Um, in that one drive, I think they they screwed up in the blocking and the protection, and it caused Brock Purdy to, to throw the ball sooner as if it looked like the receiver going into the flat had to run a wheel route, but he just threw it just to, you know, not get himself in trouble. But on the backside, you had a post wide open. So you, you – you now have to ask the question first, what were the progressions and who screwed up on, on the pass protection? Now, going past that, you can't go into an overtime situation not knowing what's taking place. But if you just take care of your business, we, we wouldn't be talking about this, right, for scoring the touchdown. The crazy part about the new rule of how it's almost like college, right, where you, everybody gets a chance to, to, to get points or whatever, and it just keeps going until someone, I guess, scores a touchdown – um, well, now, you know, now Cordell in college, what they did is on starting on the third one, you have to mm-hmm. go for two now. So they oh, try to prevent oh, it from extra. going to like eight overtimes now, right. because now you got to go for two. And I think it's in the third or fourth one. You only attempt a two point conversion and whoever makes it wins, whoever doesn't pro. loses. But, but man, yeah. I was I like, to me, you know, like if you go second, you right. know what you need. And that's why yeah. everyone goes second in college football, so they know what they have to score. Yeah, but that's why I say they, they they had the opportunity to score. But when you screw up and you don't protect and give the quarterback a half a second longer and or the quarterback can hang in there just a, long, a little bit longer, readjust his feet and make a throw. I mean, we can, we can say all that great stuff because we've seen it done before by the Tom Brady's and, and all the great ones over time, but – you know, the, the good thing about it is Brock Purdy has truly been the piece to the puzzle um, to allow this team to be as competitive as they need to be to let every, everyone know that they're here to stay. The problem they may have is listening to the noise that everyone's making about moments and situations and games that will probably point the finger to say this is the reason why they lost. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say the reason why they lost is because they didn't convert on that third down when they had it wide open to make the play right before they had to kick the field goal. Now, the defense have to make some stops. You see the motion getting ready to go across. He actually comes in and goes right back out. There's no communication. So when you have no communication on defense, especially on defense, when you have a lot of movement going on on the offensive side of the football, you end up running into a problem where it looked like two people are standing in the same place, but the one that's wide open is the receiver. He shouldn't be by himself. So, you know, we can we can point at so many different things to say why this team lost. And truthfully, at the end of the day, the better team won. I mean, as solid, as as balanced, uh, uh, as for the 49ers have truly been all year long, you played against the juggernaut in Patrick Mahomes, where if you give him over 50-plus seconds, over 45 seconds, and he has a chance to be inside the 40-yard line, I promise you, he will get the ball in the end zone. I mean, I think more people have seen enough 
of his work to say if you give him anything over 30 to 40 seconds and he's on the plus side of the football, you better believe that this dude is going to beat you with a touchdown and not just only a field goal. Cordell Stewart joining us here on CBS Sports Radio. Cordell, uh, Patrick Mahomes isn't the most Mm -hmm. shredded athlete. His physique (laughs) looks very similar to Tom Brady coming out of college, Uh, a little bit heftier. Uh, He's not the fastest guy. And I saw like an analytics study this week that said he's actually like about average, a tick below average in terms of accuracy, a tick below average in accuracy. So Cordell, as you are digesting that, what makes him so special then? But answer this question. How truthful have analytics truly been over the years? Fair. How how true? Because, Because if we're only going off out of analytics, what happens to the moving parts on the football field? Analytics doesn't allow you to win the the MVP title two times out of five years. I bet the analytics didn't say that about Lamar Jackson. The analytics with with, with Patrick Mahomes coming out of Texas Tech did not say within the first five years to six years that he's going to five AFC championships and win, what, three out of six years? No one never ever – the analytics never said that about him. If anything – he was more considered like a Brett Favre. He was a, a, just a loose cannon, you know, and take, just throwing the ball anywhere, whatever he wants to. Uh, it, it defies the odds of conventional quarterbacking, if you will, with, with Patrick Mahomes, but it's been accepted. Why? Because he's been successful with it. So if we're speaking about analytics, you throw that out the window. All this stuff about you have to be a certain height and you have to have a certain release point and, and you have to, you know, book them off to the weak side. Come on, man. It's, it's just when you play the game, you play the game to win. All this stuff, political foolery, has been thrown out the window because if you look at the game today, defensive ends of running four fives in the 40, does the analytics say that's real or not real? They don't have an answer for that. All they know is they see it coming, and the, court, the coaches have to find quarterbacks that have the mobility and the capabilities of getting out of the way of a guy that's six, 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 seven, 280 pounds running a four, five, nine. Coming out of Georgia. What are we talking about here, analytics? You, you know what I'm saying? It's not at you. It's just that becomes the narrative of how you actually go about recruiting. So, okay, we never thought for one time that Mr. Irrelevant would take you to two NFC championships. Analytics says that he doesn't have a chance. And right. that's why I think the lack of respect has gone with uh, uh, Brock Purdy because analytics does not serve that person, which is the very dead that last pick in the draft when he came out says that he's going to have any success so when we talk analytics i say i throw it to the side i don't even think twice about it because it just doesn't defy what actually happens on the football field now if you want to talk about longevity and all that great stuff okay if you do the analytics and say well this type body type and that body type has said in the history of the game that if you stand this tall and you're and you're capable of releasing it this way and you come on cut it out because over the last five to maybe ten years analytics has been especially at the quarterback position in particular, has gone out the window, and it, and it doesn't defy logical reasoning because these dudes are out here getting it done so unconventionally. Uh, people are trying to find a way to cover the game. Cordell Stewart joining us here on the show. Uh, Cordell, your nickname, of course, is Slash. Your Twitter handle is yeah. KSlash10. Yes, um, do How about you... those analytics? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's analytics, there's fanalytics, and there's manalytics. And I sense a lot of manalytics here in this uh, in this segment. Cordell, did you ever okay. detest the nickname Slash? Did you ever hate it? No, I, I've always loved it. Um, I think there was a window of time where 
when I wanted to play quarterback, you know, people insisted on wanting to still think I was a wide receiver. But that 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 was a moment in time where I was like, hey, hey, my name's Cordell, you know. But it was always forever be my alter ego, you know, uh, the 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 guy that you know that everybody know, you know, more as a superhero kind of deal. Yeah, but that's my alter ego. But my name's Cordell. But yeah, who is who is vehicle. the number one slash of all time? Is it you or is it the Guns N' Roses guitarist? Oh, that's an outstanding question, you know. Uh, <laughs> and that's Saul Hudson, by the way, to be exact, uh, is his name. Um, okay. I tell you what, you know, I don't think when I got when I got the nickname from Myron Cope and Coach Coach Cower, I don't think no one thought of Saul Hudson, right, uh, with Guns N' Roses. No one thought of him. Um, I think, if anything, it, it, it derived around the, the, the term slash with the ER at the end because all the multiple positions – but it kind of took a life of its own, right? Uh, so if I had to give it to the, you say, the greatest of all time? Yeah, the, the, um, the best slash of all time. I think it's you. Well, I think slash probably would say me, you know, Saul Hudson. So I'm going to go ahead and say him. Um, but I did mine on a whole nother level, right? You know, this is some action boss. You know, Murray Hanks, you know, to uh, Chris Dishman, you know, one-handed catches in the end zone, all that kind of stuff. I don't think... You know, Saul Hudson can, you know, play the guitar with, with, you know, one hand and not, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you know what? It doesn't it, – it's, it's, it's a great thing to know um, that someone like that that's been doing it for a long time with Guns N' Roses, probably before I was even born, to be honest with you, um, having great music. But then to take it to the football field, I, I think most will probably say mine had a little more ringtone to it. I would agree. I would agree yeah, wholeheartedly. I, I, would, I, would, I would ride with you on that, Marky Mark. You got me. Uh, there you go. There you go. Cordell Stewart joining us here on the show, Pro Bowl quarterback, um, with some awesome Super Bowl analysis. Cordell, uh, I ran into somebody this week. Uh, I was okay. on the phone with you, and I ran yeah. into somebody who said, man, uh, I will never forget the Cordell Stewart play against Michigan. And, uh-huh. you know, Cordell, you, do you realize you authored – a moment in sports, and I love talking about this. It's it's one of those you'll always remember where you were when moments, right? Mm-hmm. You yep. authored one of those moments where we all remember it. We all remember yep. where we were. Uh, yeah. I was in my high school cafeteria doing Whoa. some sort of weekend event, and they had that game up, and I had just moved to Florida from Colorado, Buffalo's wow. fan, and I'm like, I'm, I'm ticked because, you know, now this is going to torpedo the Buffalo season. And right. <laughs> I, I see you do that. Today, right. Cordell, today, uh, of all yep. the plays that you had in your career, which yep. one is discussed the most to you? Which one is brought up the most to you? Oh is it that God. one? Come on, Mark. Come on, dude. Like, like in, you know, all those teams in the, in the Big Ten, let's put it in perspective. So give me the names. So you got Purdue, you got Indiana, you got Ohio State. You got Michigan State. Um, you got Iowa. I mean, any school at that time and even up until today, if I see any fan, alum of any sort in the airport, mall, grocery store, working out, whatever the case may be, I have become an honorary alumnus at those <laughs> institutions because everyone has said thank you, and you're looking at, what, 10, 20 Going up on what, 28, almost 30 years of, of a play that still resonates through all of college football, and in particular, um, 
even with this team winning a national championship, that's something he's still going to have to deal with for a very, 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 very long time. And I keep telling everyone I'm sorry, but it can't change what happens when I turn it on again because I'm, I'm kind of looking for it to have a different outcome. You know, maybe yeah. not an outcome, but maybe a, a different type of a tip. Yeah. But, you know, uh, they, they don't they don't, you know, have an AI system where they can actually change all of that stuff to, you know, make it look like <laughs> something totally different. You know, it's 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 going to happen. It's but isn't it incredible, happen. Cordell? Isn't it incredible yeah. that given the it popularity is. of the NFL, like in the last segment, yeah. for example, we we illustrated that of the mm-hmm. top 100 most watched U.S. TV broadcasts last year. Right. Ninety three yeah. of them were NFL games. This isn't yeah. just sports. This is all broadcast on American television. Yeah. 93 yeah. were NFL games. The moment mm-hmm. that people remember most about you in a very successful NFL career is a college football moment. I mean, how about right. that? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it, it was one of those moments. Okay, so you have the Cal and you have the Stanford game, right? Yep. Where the ball's tipped, the fan. Uh, and the, the band, band is out of the field. the field. Yes, and they still end up scoring a touchdown. You have LSU against Kentucky. Yeah. Where the ball bounces off someone's head, the kid catches it and runs it in for like 20 to 30 yards to to allow that to be a different type of a Hail Mary pass. Uh, you got the Miami versus Boston College with Doug Flutie. Of course, you know, ESPN, when they show it, that, that show, they're going to show that, that game. Why? Because it's right there in Boston and it's right in the backyard, right? Um, but if you turn down the game and that Hail Mary pass that we threw against Michigan, when it comes to drawing up a Hail Mary pass, with the tip and, 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 and someone coming around the backside to catch it of the, of the crowd and the guy that tipped it, which was Blake Anderson, that's the way you specifically draw that particular play up in the classroom, air conditioned room. You walk through it on the football field on a Thursday when, you know, you're just working on getting in good positions. You cannot draw it up any better, any different than that play. That's why, they, that's why we call it tip left. And we call it a Hail Mary. It's not something that just fell in someone's hands. It's on top of someone's head, ball bounced up in the air, and Michael Westbrook caught against uh, against today's Hall of Famer, Ty Law, for us to win the game in the big house with over 101 to 2,000 people going from being the most loudest stadium in all of football, including playing in Kansas City, to, to, to all of a sudden it being like a home game to where we only heard us in practice, which was our few little people around the tunnel that you actually run out to touch the banner. Like, bro, come on, man. Like, seriously? That was unbelievable. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting chills thinking about it. Come on, let's go do it again. Let's go, Bart. Come on. <laughs> let's make it happen. Cordell, 12 teams have never won a Super Bowl. Arizona, Atlanta, Buffalo, Carolina, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Detroit, Houston, Jacksonville, the Los Angeles wow. Chargers, Minnesota, and Tennessee. It blows right. me away that 38% of the league has never won the Super Bowl. So, Cordell, yeah. who's next to win their first? Give me those first five. Give me five of them. Give me five of them. I'll tell okay. You. You got I'm going to give you the five that I consider the most likely. You okay. tell me whether you agree or disagree. Buffalo, Buffalo, okay. Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go. I'll go Houston, Jacksonville, and Los Angeles Chargers because of Jim Harbaugh. So you got the Chargers. Jaguars, Texans. No, in in, in Cincinnati. Yeah, and Lions, Bills, and Bengals. I'm going going, going Chargers, Cincinnati. It's going to be an AFC. Chargers first. Wow. Here's why. Because the Cincinnati Bengals with Duke Tobin being uh, the GM, and I played with him 
when he came from Illinois in, in Colorado, a uh, good friend. Um, they found a blueprint uh, with how they protect Joe Burrow. They got a receiving core. They got a quality running game. Um, they have a defense um, that I think they've built over time uh, that gives them a chance to compete. Uh, that's a team that has beaten um, Patrick Mahomes, so there's no fear factor in that because that's the team uh, that everybody has to get prepared to beat. Uh, once that team beats you more than once, they then have a book on how to beat you. So it looks as if you know Baltimore is going to have a hard time trying to figure it out, but they have to get over the hump of beating them, whether they be in a regular season or in the postseason, to get over the hump of actually making it, taking it to the next level because they have a good team to do so. But I think with Joe Burrow uh, being as poised as he is and ability to run, which is one of the number one pieces you have to have to be successful, as we all know and saw in the Super Bowl with your quarterbacks moving around, to also having the ability to get it downfield and the quarterback having total control. And Joe Burrow, uh, to me, truly have that. The Chargers have to give him about three years. Uh, I think I think Jim Harbaugh is going to work from the inside out, which I think you saw him do with uh, the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, he did that when he was with San Francisco. You've seen him as a head coach do it that way to the point where in the latter part of the season, you have to be able to control the line of scrimmage. I mean, Patrick Mahomes becomes one of those anomalies, right, where the offensive line truly, I won't say doesn't matter, but overall he can still get it done without having the, the, the extreme support of having to run the football and or even to protect him because he's just really good. He's a magician with that thing. So I got the Chargers and I have the Cincinnati Bengals as my two teams of those 12 you mentioned that would have a chance to go. I just think Detroit with Coach Campbell, um, um, there's an emotion there. Yes. um, That to me resonates almost so much to where it doesn't translate to just doing your job. It's more of an emotion. Like, I think he's gotten the attention of everyone, but the question now becomes, can he change that emotion around to being a hard-nosed guy that has expectations because this is how he won his team over, by being a former player, having emotion, help the guys understand what he understands and wanting them to trust him to the point where he can cut that off to now being a hard-nosed guy to make them do what it is he needs them to do. The words of one Cordell Stewart played in a Super Bowl Pro Bowl quarterback. Uh, Great to be able to bring that interview to you guys, man. I love that we're able to do that for you. All right, my friends. Texter says this guy blows. Cordell Stewart. Do you know who Cordell Stewart is, sir? Slash Colorado. 76-yard pass to beat Michigan. Come on, man. Come on. We've got the top five at five coming your way next right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the fan upstate. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.